Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay. Hi, Mark. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Nice to see you. Oh, Jason. Um, yeah, good to see you. And uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up the subject of self-esteem, you know, like when I, um, when I asked you to do it and kind of like asked if there's any subjects that stand out self-esteem, I thought, yeah, I haven't covered that one. And it's really such a big, um, uh, a constant issue with many people, you know, that certainly people that haven't come across this understanding and, um, something that people try to overcome or spend, uh, read a lot of books about or try to find ways and practices to, to feel better, you know, about, or, or, or attempt to hide, you know, in their daily life because it looks like a real problem to them. And, um, you know, thinking back on my own experience, you know, I really believed um, ever since being very young, because I was like, I mean, um, when I started to gain weight, I was probably about seven or eight years old and I was, as I was just saying to you, I was sent to a psychiatrist, put on um, an antidepressant at nine years old. I was taken to um, private doctors and put on um, diet medication because I was so overweight. You know, it's like I was hugely overweight to the point where my mum couldn't get clothes for me. And, you know, I, I was kind of... Um, I guess, hidden away a little bit, you know, and it was like, I was yeah. seen as this problem child that had some sort of issue going on, you know, and I had absolutely in my own mind, I had zero self-esteem, you know, it was like, I, it was something that I really had to find ways, you know, and, and it was just kind of really futile, you know, that, that was how it felt, you know, like there was nothing I could do to um, combat this experience that I was living of having no self-esteem or no confidence or no, um, you know, I just had a feeling of kind of wanting to be alone and away from the world. You know, it just felt like too much to, to overcome. Like it was kind of clueless about it. And then over the years, you know, as I started to um, come more into contact with the outside world, with the world of change, with the world of personal development, with the world of psychology, you know, um, you know, books, techniques, um, suggestions of practices, you know, and ways of overcoming self-esteem, um, finding ways to act more confident, you know, or um, doing things, esteemable things. You know, I remember uh, one time somebody saying to me, well, I said, well, how do you do that? You know, how do you have more self-esteem? They said, well, you've got to do something for somebody else without thinking of yourself. That was like a, a way of doing it, you know, and I was just like, like that just seemed alien to me, you know, because my yeah. whole day was spent focused on thinking about myself, you know, and I couldn't stop it. I couldn't switch it off. I couldn't stop doing it. It was just, so the thought of being able to do something for someone else with no desire for reward or acknowledgement, you know, was just kind of, 
felt like a million miles away. And I thought, well, if that's what you have to do to have more self-esteem, you know, to feel better about yourself, it's like, didn't look like it was possible for me. Um, you know, so I spent such a long time in that, in that, um, you know, I guess what we call an illusion or that idea of having no self-esteem and it looking like something that I had to find a way to overcome, you know, and um, I, I'm going to show up there and I'm going to hand it over to you and just sort of, that's just my start. That's just how it looked for me for many years, you know. Well, thanks for uh, sharing that. Um, um, yeah, you know, it's funny that from time to time in our educational system here, where I live in San Francisco, California, uh, educators come up with programs around uh, increasing self-esteem in children, you know, that are coming to school. And, uh, you know, there's a template for that. There's uh, strategies for that. And as you could see with what your experience was, that uh, if you could actually follow, um, do something, be of service to someone without thinking about yourself, if you could do that, um, you would be doing it, you know? And it's like uh, when you are having thoughts about yourself that lead to bad feelings, uh, it's very difficult to put in a strategy. Although uh, you could see that recommendation from a level of insight and um, you would be able to live that way. But um, the, I'm going to start with the one thing that really... Um, uh, helped me uh, really see the truth of the matter. And, you know, I learned a lot from Sidney Banks. Um, I was a student of his and attended a lot of seminars. And we had a discussion one time of self-esteem. And he just said, uh, you already have self-esteem. Mm. He said, the feelings you're looking for, you are already those. You are already... Um, well-being, uh, love, understanding, happiness, perfect. You are the, you already have them. And it shook me uh, because like you, um, I thought I had to find something to handle all these things I was thinking about myself, right? In order to get self-esteem. He's saying, well, we already have it. We already have the feelings we're looking for. And then he said, um, the trouble is you keep looking at how you're doing. You keep thinking about yourself, you know, it's like, and, uh, and that's really where, that's really why uh, you don't have any sense of, of having the feelings of self-esteem that we would call self-esteem is that you keep evaluating yourself. Um, you keep asking questions about how you're doing or how you did, and it captures you in this world of, um, uh, of thinking about yourself in a critical way. So that's where I want to start today, because that's where um, I woke up and continue to reflect on this. It, it really, when I heard this, it sounded true, but I didn't know how to live that way. I did know that from him sharing this, that 
thinking about myself was the culprit. But um, I didn't know what to do with that, except notice it, uh, because he never gave a strategy for that. He just gave an awareness to that. Um, but I started to see that um, um, I grew up learning, uh, innocently learning habits of um, how to think about myself. And really the culprit for me was making comparisons. Like um, my parents and then friends had certain thoughts that I would call expectations um, that I had to meet that as I've come to grow up and live my life within that, with this understanding, it wasn't humanly possible for me, those, for me to meet those expectations. Yet, uh, I would continue to evaluate myself uh, according to, to those expectations, you know. Um, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to this have uh, been given expectations innocently. No one is setting out to make you feel bad about yourself. That's, they're just giving you thoughts they have about you that are their thoughts. They're not your thoughts. They're their thoughts. And trying to, you know, live up to, to other people's thoughts, you lose sight of your own wisdom, your own guidance. And as we know from uh, what we're learning from the understanding of Sydney Banks is we are all part of this spiritual intelligence that's, that's like the creation of the world and we're all part of that. And we have our own way of expressing that. Sometimes people will call it a purpose, but that makes it something. Um, but we all have our own way that this wisdom comes to us to guide us to find what we're calling today self-esteem, but really to find our own happiness, love, and understanding. And again, if you find pure love, uh, you will not only feel love to all of life, but you'll also feel love to yourself, which you could call self-esteem. So that's the beautiful um, understanding that I've come to. And it's really helped me to um, just keep an eye on, really, just keep an eye on uh, noticing I'm starting to evaluate myself. I'm starting to think about myself, both on the past and uh, now and, for, and in the future, you know, so like... Um, well, um, you know, you didn't get the income this month that you were expecting. Um, you know, I started to recognize that that thinking would probably send me, you know, down the rabbit hole if I kept looking at that. Now, recognizing, uh, thinking about myself is not a strategy. It's an understanding that that's all that's making you feel bad about yourself. Really, that's it. Um, that's like you, you were talking about what the one misunderstanding, that's the one misunderstanding. It's the misuse of our gift of thought to um, compare ourselves to something and then think badly if we haven't reached it or even thinking that we should reach it. Anyhow, um, 
the recognition of my doing that is not coming from a strategy that I practice. It's coming from an understanding that has evolved in me. So I may be going along in the day and I'll get a memory about the past and I think, oh man, I should have been better than that. I should have been able to not hurt that person's feelings. And if I carried that out, I would have an hour or so feeling badly about who I was, right? Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, this understanding that I'm sharing with you comes to mind. It just shows up. I talk to people about it. It'll just occur to you. The uh, understanding you've had about how you think about yourself will occur to you. It will. It'll just come up and you'll see it. And once you see it, like, oh, my God, Mark, it comes to me usually this way. Your thinking's going south or there you go again. You know, you're off with your thinking or you need to quiet down right now. You need to look away. So there's just the understanding is formless energy of wisdom reminding me. And it comes to me as a thought. That's the way wisdom shows up as a thought. And then I know I'm uh, thinking about myself. The minute that occurs, I then get freedom of thought. Sid talks about this a lot, having freedom of thought. Well, once my understanding shows up, I then get freedom of thought. Once it says, Mark, man, you're really thinking, uh, your thinking's off on this. Get quiet. Now my freedom of thought comes up and I could look at it in other ways, ways that I've learned uh to have understanding for myself have compassion for myself to once again realize i was doing in my life all i could do given the quality of thoughts i had at the time there's no way you could do better than the way you're thinking now you could have understanding for that and that really uh, lowers how much critical thinking we have about who we are So I wanted to share that with you that um, what we're talking about today and what I'm pointing to is not a strategy. It's just some things you could uh, understand for yourself. You can recognize as true for yourself. And once you do get that feeling this is true, it will come to you. You don't have to worry about monitoring that. You don't need to worry about like uh, writing out index cards that you put on your bathroom mirror in the morning and remind yourself, don't think about yourself today, you know? Uh, It's just this beautiful way uh, that we are, that once we gain insight or realization to how we misuse thought, it will come back to us and remind us and we can take care of ourselves in the moment and reach freedom to think any way you want to think. So um, I just wanted to share in the Three Principles uh, UK conference that happened a month ago or so, they had two videos by Sidney Banks in which he shared about freedom of thought. And you can find those now on uh, the website, sydneybanks.com. But he he just helped me see that we have the potential through insight to get freedom of thought, meaning we can think beyond our habits. We can think about the conditioning that uh, 
you know, we hold uh, ourselves to expectations beyond what's humanly possible. Um, that we can, we are not a robot. We are not a fixed personality. We're not. Because the minute you tap into uh, insight about the way you're using thought to make yourself feel bad about yourself, you rise above your habit. You rise above your conditioning. Even if it's a little shift, you're no longer that personality. You may still get caught up in it, but you've, cha you've changed. And you continue that understanding you become a different person. So that, I wanted to start there, uh, Jason, and then just check in with you um, if it's made sense to you, if anything's come up that you wanted to ask about. Yeah, um, I love the word evaluation, you know, because it's such a, <clears throat> um, that was the process, you know, like comparison or evaluation, however you look at it, but pretty much the same thing, but in working in, showing up in different ways in my life, you know, and, and I was kind of thinking about that, you know, it's like, where does the idea of evaluation come from? And, and you mentioned the word conditioning, you know, and it's like, um, you know, I was so conditioned that it was just looked like I had to, you know, I was, I was evaluating based on that conditioning, you know, that it had yeah. to be a certain way that I had to meet the expert, like family conditioning, for example, or societal conditioning, you know, or, um, I went to a private school, so like whatever happened there, you know, the, the, the beliefs and so on of how it should, in inverted commas, be, you know, like how it should be. So I'm always evaluating myself based on the beliefs that have been installed into me by other people, you know, re regardless of the source of that, you know, and it's like when I was using those um, benchmarks as a measurement for my progress you know it's kind of like so I was making up like I was taking the beliefs of other people then making up where I was at and where I thought I should be at you know in order yes. to be okay and it's like that's a lot of mental activity just to start with you know just to even <laughs> go there and it almost seems laughable or makes absolutely no sense that I would do so much in my own mind to achieve what it peace of mind you know because it's like That's doing right. more and she and like spending more time away from what it is i want for myself you know yes um so again the, the this is a beautiful process that again that i i evolved my understanding for listening to sydney banks and he just shared that when you are born you know you're in these beautiful feelings you are this spiritual being coming into form and innocently now there's no blame. You get caught up in the beliefs that you, of the world you come into. The, he would call the level of consciousness of the world you come into. And it's just the process. So you develop habits of thought. You develop insecurities. And he said the one curative factor is understanding the nature of thought. And it's understanding what you just shared, Jason, that the paradox of wanting to feel okay, but you're caught up in a whole bunch of negative thoughts, you know, trying to figure your way to be okay when you're already okay, were it not for your thinking, you know, it's like, yeah, but, but that's an innocent thing. All of us, uh, all of us are uh, blind to until, you know, we have been blessed to hear something insightful that changes our understanding really, you know, and uh, it isn't that all, you automatically stop comparing yourself or, 
you get better at allowing yourself to look to more the, the feelings of, um, of esteem and well-being and happiness that are within you, when they start to surface, like I start, I, I nurture them. I, 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 I uh, stay with them. Uh, whereas before that, I would just brush them off. It was just a moment of good feeling. But man, there's so much I've got to change about me because there's so much that isn't okay. You see? And that's just thinking based on beliefs and uh, ideas about how I should be or ought to be. But once I saw through that, as I said earlier, uh, I could start to quiet that down and welcome in the, the natural feelings. Because honestly, if you could get quiet about yourself, the moment you're quiet about yourself, you will be in these feelings. They're there right now. Were it not for the thinking you and I are doing as we're talking to one another. That's why when you were when you told you shared about that that um, that uh, strategy to do something for other people would have you move out of the, the feelings about yourself. It really would. If you were truly in the feeling of generosity, but not knowing that the feeling of generosity is one expression of self-esteem feelings, um, you don't know how to get there. You don't know how am I going to get the benefit of being generous when I'm being generous, still thinking badly about myself, you know? Mm. So I don't mean to downplay this. I just wanted people to see that there's only one thing we're really caught up with, and that is uh, the beliefs about how we should be and ought to be and comparing ourselves now to those beliefs. Um, and that isn't to say there weren't some good guidance there, and it isn't to say that you might follow some of that in your life and end up in a good place. I'm not, I'm not ignoring all of that. Uh, but I want to share the general misunderstanding. The other beautiful thing is that um, for me that I just had all the hope in the world for when I heard it was that I'm already those feelings. I am already in some vernacular, okay. I'm already at the highest level of self-esteem there can be. I am already that. And so it opened my eyes to, um, to notice it when those feelings would come to me. And, uh, and so I would stay with them longer. And again, in those feelings, you get thoughts, but they're more from uh, wisdom, more from the intelligence of mind guiding you to form you, to be, to be what your direction is in life. Yeah. And you know what, what was coming to me when you were speaking was that um, going back to conditioning and, and kind of like, and not, and when you said not, not playing this down, you know, it's like, it's that, you know, when I needed help with that as a young child, my mum, you know, did her best and took me to a psychiatrist, you know, and it's kind of like who said I was depressed, who wrote this long medical report, which I've 
still got you know it's kind of like about how depressed i was and so on and um you know with some suggestions and some medication to make me better you know and it's like that's kind of you know for anyone new to this you know who this conversation might be new to you know it's like the conditioning of um you know going into that world of change you know find innocently being directed to um take medication or to do techniques that, that like I'm, like you said, are not necessarily all wrong. You know, they're not necessarily holding no value, but it's missing the vital or fundamental understanding that we're creating. You know, our own experience via thought, and that the, it's when we see that. You know, we see beyond the illusion of low self-esteem. You know, and it's just such a a different way of experiencing esteem like uh, as well the other thing for me was that um self-esteem looked like a place to get to like a destination and if only I, and that's what kept me i was thinking about when you were talking that's what kept me going for so long was that if somehow i could get this thing called self-esteem that people talked about that i hadn't experienced that looked like if I had it, I would walk taller, I would lose more weight, I would get better jobs, more girlfriends, more money, everything in the world was dependent on this thing called self esteem that I didn't understand because I'd never experienced. And, um, you know, so it looked like a destination to me, like destination self esteem, you know, it's kind of like when I did all these things, right, I would have this thing, and then everything I ever wanted would come to me in my life, you know, and that's what kept me in the search for it, you know, like going to different um practices doing different techniques searching in things you know trying everything i could to try and have this experience and and i guess in my innocence in my mind i'd made up what that looked like when i got there this is how it would be you know when i got this self-esteem i would have all these good feelings and and what you were saying you know just before was that like you know all those feelings are available now when we're not evaluating ourselves or trying to measure against some conditioned belief about how it should be right yes that's true i you said a few things there as i've worked in mental health as a psychologist for over 30 years before i just i'm not really what a psychologist is even when i was working as a psychologist but i saw that my colleagues psychiatrists nurses we're all doing, they all uh, wanted to help people. They had a calling to help people and they were operating at their level of knowing how people's experience gets created, you know? And um, it wasn't until, uh, you know, Sid brought in the true fact that you shared that our experience is coming from the, the thought, our spiritual um the spiritual nature of thought that we're creating the experience of, um, of ourselves moment to moment, that really we could go beyond the um, thinking of the present and current day. But what I always saw in terms of people with um, medications and even with strategies that, again, they don't bring understanding. They don't bring insight. Mm -hmm. Insight is the potential we have to see beyond our current level of thinking. So medications may really help stabilize you. 
They really help calm your, your emotional reactions, but they and of themselves do not bring understanding. And that's beautiful to see because the capacity for understanding is within you. It's not from any outside source, you see. So once you realize like where your experience is coming from, which is one of Sid's messages, or you understand what you truly are, uh, this, um, you know, the love and understanding, this pure energy. Uh, once you get that, and that m forms in your uh, mind, you and you have your own insights from that, that's where um, you have the power then to change the way you uh, have been habitually thinking about yourself. But you already have the capacity, nothing brings it to you. But when you're looking for it, um, and you don't have this understanding, you do all you can do, given what you know at the time, to try to find it. And uh, that's, in a sense, admirable to keep at that. And also know, you know, that's not quite right yet. I still haven't found, and, you know, to keep looking. But it's, it was so powerful for me to realize I already am self-esteem. That was like I, like I didn't see it. I heard it inside mm. when Sid first shared that. And that gave me hope to keep looking within, you know, rather than outside for it. And that's very, very powerful, you know. And the other key is um, that we really get a sense um, that in our lives, past, current, and future, we're doing all we can do in the moment, given the quality of our thinking. And we really have to see that because that really puts an end to judgments. It really does, because no matter how you've been in the past or how you're calling your future, you're doing all you can do, given how you see things. And, um, you know, you may look at your past and realize I could have been better there, but that's nice to know. Um, but if you see that at the time you couldn't do better given how you were thinking and that you couldn't even be thinking better, that's how life is, you see. That's what, that's what will help if you can see that. And again, that took me a little while to really start to live with the understanding that um, I'm doing in every moment, I'm doing all I can do given the level of thinking I'm in. And uh, that can change. That's the beauty of um, uh, our, our nature is that the quality of our thinking can change. We can look at ourselves with understanding, but every moment you're, you're calling your life from the quality of your thinking. Now that again, gave me peace. It gave me peace from this constant evaluation and, you know, uh, get, getting memories at times of, of my past where I didn't like what I did, you know, and then spending time with that memory and the effects of feeling badly about myself for being that way. I started to realize that even though 
it may not have been what I have liked to have done, you know. It was all I could do given the thinking I was in. And I could learn from that. But it's it's one thing to learn from that with understanding that I'm talking about now. Because that just sets you on a course to, you know, use what you've seen now in a better way without any um, residual effect of, of uh, being judgmental about yourself. Yeah. And I, like you talk a lot in, in, in how you explain it, you know, like there's such a simplicity to it. And uh, I think many people struggle with that, right? It's like, kind of like that it's so different to the typical, um, again, innocently, you know, you talk a lot of the innocence of, of the uh, helping professions and of people that are, you know, like doing the best they can with the thinking they've got at the time. But like part of that conditioning, I guess, which has seemed to be a bit of a theme in my mind in this conversation, you know, is complexity, you know, it's like that it's the longer we've been trying or based on the past or because of what happened in the past, it is more difficult for me, you know, it's kind of like it's all part of the conditioning, but the way you're sharing it is like, regardless of the past, right? Regardless of um, label or diagnosis or symptom or experience, you know, it's kind of like what you're saying is it's true for everyone and it is that simple. That's the whole, the understanding you've been sharing on your podcast, that's the hope. No one, no one has not, uh, has any less, we're talking self-esteem today, but mm. that's that consciousness of self-esteem, no one. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Mm. In fact, um, uh, th those feelings itself will heal what you've been through. Mm. They carry with it a wisdom. Sid always said in those feelings, is the wisdom to guide you in your life. Now, I'm not saying this was easy for me. When I heard some of the things, some of the points I'm sharing with you, um, they really made sense, but I couldn't live them. I couldn't really live them. I knew uh, that it would, I knew that's the direction I wanted to go. It would be the direction that would bring to me um, more of an awakening of my own uh, a deep, deep feelings of um, love and understanding and happiness. Um, but but um, I just kept an eye on it. You know, I just kind of lived my, my life with knowing that uh, I was doing all I could do given the thinking I was in. And so if I got disturbed with myself and had a flurry of uh, judgments and being critical, somehow... I was reminded to, I was reminded of that point. And it would come to me and say, oh yeah, that's right. I'm really, really um, taking seriously. I'm not, I'm not giving myself some understanding. So along the way, um, the, the understanding for what I'm pointing to evolved in me uh, where I could live more in, in the direction of that truth rather than I think I was the one exception to it, uh, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, that sounds good for you, but 
you don't know what I've been through. Well, it has nothing to do with that. That's what's really beautiful is that it doesn't matter what you're suffering from or what you've been through. Uh, it's a level of consciousness. So if, you, if you've been at a suffering level, you can gain a realization from your true nature that, live, that brings you up to a very positive place to be in what people might call mental health. That's available to every human being as well. Um, so uh, I really do appreciate that uh, uh, this isn't something you may be able to do right off the bat, but it is truth. And if you could sit with it and just keep an eye on it, uh, it'll start to percolate in you and show you some things. Yeah. Uh, there was um, just a show about how we can think differently. We're not wedded to the past. What, what came up to mind for me was this show documentary by James Gandolfini, or he was an actor. Uh, he was the actor on The Sopranos the main actor there, he has since passed away. Mm. But he interviewed uh, um, um, the United States, uh, three service members who fought in the Iraq war and, had tr tr and were suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. They were being interviewed. And one person said, you know, it doesn't really help me to keep going back to the past trauma. It doesn't help me. Because when I go back and talk about it, I get the same feelings. What helps me is to just live now, to just begin to um, regroup with myself and see how I can go in a more positive direction. And I thought, well, there's the truth of the matter from someone who has no understanding of what we're, we've been pointing to or what we've realized you could see that people see the truth of the matter. And, um, you know, I thought that was very powerful to see. And it's the same thing for all of us. It does us, it doesn't, um, if we're feeling badly, uh, remembering something from the past, we better, we've got to turn away from that as quickly as we can. You know, since I said another way, you know, if you're in a, if you go to a, in those days, it was in counter groups. You know, if you go to a group leader and he's talking about nothing but getting angry and getting everybody in angry, run out the door. <laughs> but he's saying you don't you want to run away from any negativity. You know, it's not it's not serving you. Mm. You know, what came to mind was I thought that um, when we were talking about that this is available, you know, to all people. I was thinking that I'd probably had four decades of trying everything, you know, that I could ever come across, you know, to, to feel better, you know, in every way as, as, as well as more than two decades of 12 step recovery, you know, um, training and qualifying in multiple modalities of therapy as a therapist and um, being a psychiatric client or patient, whatever you, where you want to call it, you know, like going through various diagnoses and so on, you know, and, and going to all these silent retreats and meditations and Hoffman process and landmark forum and Tony Robbins, you know, I'd done all of it. And, and it was like, and um, 
So I really thought I was that person that you said, you know, that I'm the one exception to the rule, you know, I'm, I'm beyond this, you know, what they're talking about. And, and I was kind of thinking of people listening, you know, um, how do I, how do I do this? Or how do I get this? You know, it's like, and um, so I really thought I was the exception to the rule or that I was beyond repair or more damaged than most, you know, and I'm, and from my conversations with others, that's a thought that's common, I think, for many of us, you know. Um, and I remember, you know, it was kind of like seeing for the first time or, or knowing, should I say, you know, for the first time that something had changed, you know, and it was like, and all these, you know, I used to describe my life as like spinning plates, you know, it's like, I thought I knew everything about change. And I thought I'm still, I'm a therapist, and I can't really point people to happiness. You know, I can only sort of sit with people in their pain, but I can't really point people to happiness. And um, I used to describe my life like spinning plates. It was like, there's the relationship play and the financial play and the weight loss play. And it was like all these areas of life that looked like if I could get them all sorted out, I would feel better. And, um, and I remember having, I'd gone to a, an intensive with Michael Neal at Michael's house, you know, and I remember at the end of those three days, not, not my intellect hadn't quite caught up with what had happened, you know, because I was just sitting there feeling so peaceful, you know, and I was looking out, um, it was on a, a warm evening, you know, in, on a Friday evening, and I was looking out and the sun was setting and I was thinking, wow, I just feel amazingly calm and quiet and peaceful, you know, and it's like, but nothing's changed, you know, nothing in my life had changed circumstantially. And that's when I just had that big realization that this isn't about, you know, there is nothing beyond, you know, this, you know, there's nothing that um, I can't, there's nothing that's happened that's made me so damaged that I can't be okay. You know, like you were just saying before, you know, there's nothing that can damage this part of me. And I was just experiencing that real sense of peace and calmness and, and seeing beyond my own thinking about life, you know, th those plates that I said I was spinning, they were like just thoughts that I was having and just seeing beyond my own thinking was such a peaceful experience and such a calming experience where it looked like, there was no longer anything I needed to do, you know, to be okay. And that was, that was kind of, um, and, and, and said in a much shorter way, when I asked Dickin, how, how do I do this? He said to me, well, how do you fall asleep? You know, he said, you just let go of things and fall, you know, and kind of like, that's kind of what happened. I'd let go of my thinking about myself. I let go of it, it just kind of became, um, like a radio station that I tuned out of. It was still there, the noise, but I didn't pay much attention to it. It's just going on in the background, you know, and it just, everything felt a lot more peaceful and calm, you know? Yeah, I think uh, the simplicity of this for our, uh, the listeners is that what you just shared is that just let the thinking of yourself fall away. Just they see that um, moving in that direction, is really what allows you to gain access to what we're calling today self-esteem, but your your true nature, your your feelings of esteem, and your wisdom. Um, and just look at that. Um, the other piece is um, no matter what anyone's been through, no matter what they're struggling with, or they have a diagnosis, what diagnosis, they're more than that. 
no one uh, really, uh, there's no way you can damage your soul, you know, your spiritual energy, no way. Um, and so uh, that's always been hopeful to me that uh, we're all the same. No one has missed out on being part of this energy that is uh, wisdom and, and love and understanding. No one it can look like that to you. But again, that's just the thinking you've been through. Uh, but go easy with the points we've shared today. Just kind of keep an eye on seeing if you could get a, a feel for the only reason you're not feeling self-esteem is because you're caught up in some thinking about yourself. That, that's the powerful point. Um, and if you could just kind of hold that and come back to that, um, reflect on that, you'll start to see it more. I was with, uh, this just one example of a client of mine and, um, and she was caught up in a lot of anxieties about her performance and um, not or just her life. You know, she was a professional and she was an educator and she was all caught up in that. And I said, is there any time in the day where you're really just kind of peaceful? And she said, yeah, it's when I practice my trumpet. And I said, well, when you practice your trumpet, why does that feel different to you? And it dawned on her, I'm not thinking of me. I'm just thinking of the music. I'm just in the music. So that's kind of it for today. It's just live in the music. Um, uh, and she just didn't know that that state she got in when she was practicing her trumpet was what she was looking for. <laughs> she just thought, oh, it's because I'm practicing my trumpet, you know? And really, it was an easy situation for me to just ask her to be more in that state, you know, to, to embrace it more. And, um, and that, that's for us to all awake, for all of us to wake up to the minute we have a nice feeling of love or of understanding, of generosity, of gratitude to live in there because that's, we've found at that moment we're in self-esteem. Mm. So I just wanted to leave people with that. Yeah. And, and I, like my, my example of that is my, I have a four-year-old boy, you know, and um, I heard him watch, he was watching the TV and I was in the other room and I could hear him giggling at the telly on his own, you know, sat on the sofa and it was like, it just stopped me in my tracks, you know? And it was like, and I was just, I was really like, um, you know, didn't want him to see me, but I was popping my head around the door, you know, watching him giggling at the telly, you know, like holding himself, like laughing like that. And it was like, so it just transported me into the moment. And it was like, you know, in that space when I'm there, you know, like when I'm really there, just in the moment, it's like there's nothing, you know, there's no thinking about my performance or my, you know, no evaluation of myself. I'm just in my life, you know, I'm there present in the moment, you know, and it's such a beautiful experience, you know, and that's kind of where I've learned to live more, you know, in that space of just being present in life, you know? Yeah. Um, we can giggle like, your four-year-old son, same, same state of mind. 
that giggling is freedom from thinking about ourselves, getting serious, maybe an indicator uh, you're going in the direction of losing self-esteem esteem is getting the feeling of being serious. Mm. Um, again, I'm not overlooking there are things in life that you want to take care of. I'm just saying getting into the feeling of being serious about yourself is an indicator. You got too many thoughts about yourself going on, you know? Yeah. Well, Ooh. Jason, th thank you for having me. Yeah, that's a great place to end. Thank you so much for that. I think it's been a great conversation and, um, you know, a great some great pointers to people to look beyond, you know, like what is that, what is that space, you know, beyond that thinking about ourselves, you know, and, and how we experience that more. Is there anything you want to add, any final words or tell people how to get hold of you or what you're up to? Well, um a couple of things. You can get a hold of me at um, my um, email at drmarkhoward at comcast.net. So it's drmarkhoward at comcast.net. My website is uh, drmarkhoward.com. And I just put together with Ankush Jane an online go at your own pace program for coaches. So if you're interested in that, give me an email and I'll um, send you the link. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Jason, once again. And I hope this was helpful to you and the audience. Yeah, thanks very much, Mark.